The world didn't need another hockey podcast. It needed a better one. Bear witness to the two-man forecheck. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Mike. It is practically June. Well, and June means a lot of things in hockey. It's Memorial Day weekend, and it's still May, so let's not get ahead of ourselves, but okay. It's practically June. For sake of argument, I'll say it's practically June because that is true. But right it's now, not. right now, <laughs> you and me and every other hockey fan should have oh. three rounds of playoff NHL hockey in the bag. Hearts broken, franchises triumphant, uh, careers ended, careers glorified in those in those seven game series. About now, we'd probably be either approaching the the cup final or uh, getting close. Uh, yeah, getting close to the cup final, maybe one or two games into it, depending on how things fell. As it stands, I don't know about everybody else out there, but uh, rather than being glorified and, and excited and, and and regaled with, with playoff hockey, instead I'm... Uh, becoming follically challenged as I tear the hair out of my head trying to figure this all out. I honestly, there's more dust on my TV at this time of year than there ever than there has been uh, since the last season, full season lockout. Like I watch almost no TV at this point. I've been I've been doing some reading. Uh, I work oh. I work from home so I find myself working longer hours. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I I I haven't even had the chance to catch up on my TBR pile even though I've been reading simply because instead of, you know, my normal commute time which isn't that long because I live much closer to my day job than you do. Um it's it's you know, I'm back to okay. Well, I've only put in 10 hours today. I I can keep going. How much further ahead of myself can I get? (laughs) Yeah. And right now, even though the day job is still busy, it's uh, slowing down from where it was three months ago. So it's it's uh, yeah. But as far as hockey goes, I was going to say that being said, uh, there there still are a few things to talk about. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, as far as hockey goes. The the picture on UFA should be really, really clear right now. Um, the draft, all the draft boards should, all the draft guides and draft boards should be released and we should be studying them and arguing over them and finding four or five players uh, to highlight or knowing us 10 or 15. Um, we should be talking about, you know, which coaches have been fired, will be fired and, you know, should have been fired, um, looking at you, Tampa, um, <laughs> after yeah, a couple I think of we be, I think we beat that horse pretty well, too, as far as whether Coop should still have a job or not. Uh, the answer is no. Just no. No, 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 yeah, no, we're, we're, no, no, no. We no, are in agreement no. there. And we are in agreement there. Yes, 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 um, yes. Which franchises have the best chance for... You know, making it from the the slums to uh, the penthouse next year. I mean, right now, 
it looks like Arizona is not going to be, well, would not be in the 16 team playoff. Um, uh, next but year, the 24 team playoffs though, <laughs> the 24 team playoff is going to be fascinating, like legit. And, fascinating. And, and I'm sure we will get into it a little bit. Uh, and there's players talking <laughs> about how, how they feel about this, which is in some ways, the second most important thing. Yes, I understand it's their lives, it's their risk, it's their time away from their family. Uh, If they end up in isolation at the multiple neutral sites, I get all of that. At this point, sports are bigger than the players. I don't say this often. Even as close to a religion as sports is for large segments of the U.S., and Canada. Mm-hmm. I don't say it often. Sports right now, if they resume, when they resume, are bigger than the biggest superstar than the league, than the sport itself, simply as something we can all enjoy together. Um, I haven't talked to two or three of my friends who I normally talk a lot of hockey with. Um in a couple of weeks because, well, we talk hockey mostly. We have a couple of other things in common, but not at the same level of passion. It's, it's like me and you. The two of us can literally talk hockey for 10 hours straight without pausing for breath. This is true again. <laughs> <laughs> We've done it before. Yes, we'll we have. do it again. <laughs> um, how, many, how many other people do you know spend four hours on the phone from different locations while the draft is going on? Four hours. Because, I mean, come on. We, because we, because we the couldn't. Opening round and then then the two through seven um, and then talked about it and then the all-star festivities. Yeah, we're. Yes. But that a a unifying, even if it's only just unifying the people within those sport, each individual sport, you know, NFL resumes. NFL fans are going to be insane. Major League Baseball resumes, people are going to pay attention. Hockey resumes, and with or without fans in the stands, I guarantee you you're go- there's going to be spontaneous viewing parties um, in people's homes. You might, Depending on the state, you might see them outside the arenas. Um it's it's going to be it's going to be something that people can talk about aside from the reason no one's having any fun. Uh, it's it it is amazing. I mean, they talk about uh, they, they they talk about sports the way it, it 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 brings people and it can get it can bring out the best in argument. It can bring out the best in 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 bringing people together it it does all of that and more so than whatever faith it is you practice and those are uh, uh, you know with with churches and other faith-based uh buildings being open up on monday uh, today actually it's it's nice to have the faith but it's it seems to be sport that brings people together and 
when they do finally start playing again, and it would appear that we're getting closer and closer, that's what's going to bring everybody out of their shells. Yeah, everybody's frustrated at the moment about this isn't open, hair salons aren't open. Once sports starts up, I think some of those things are going to be forgiven a little bit. <laughs> um, yes, and forget forget the fact that it's sport. Forget even – I mean even – there's a, there's a literal health benefit to this. If you know anything about basic biology, you understand that stress causes the body to release a, a chemical called cortisone. Cortisone suppresses the immune system. If your immune system is suppressed for long enough, hard enough, it makes you much more likely to pick up any form of uh, transmittable disease. That would be Getting nice. the entertainment that many of us crave um, back may well, may, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, but I understand a good amount about these things, may actually lower, lower the level of transmission simply by fueling better uh, people feeling better about themselves, lowering their stress levels and having a diversion that just energizes them. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better, actually. I mean, there's I'm just looking forward to it. And the more positive it sounds, the happier I am. And it leads us to. A lot to shows, talk about today. Shows like today, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, where do we actually want to start? I have um, been looking around this and, and got some interesting things going on. Uh, do we discuss the the possible format? The format, I think, is going to take longer than a lot of the other stuff, which isn't necessarily an argument either way. <laughs> um. I kind of want to talk about the potential compliance buyouts that we've heard. Um, we've heard occasional talk about um, simply right. because, well, next year the cap is probably is going to stay the same. That's um, what the announcement was back. What about a month or so ago? Uh, yes. They they were at first there was I mean before the season had 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 gone into pause there was. Uh, rumblings about it going up to what 84 85 uh it might have even been higher than that but yes uh, and but now they're now they're concerned with just staying at 81 and a half which you know there's a lot there's a lot going on in it whether whatever reason whatever you think about how the number arrives whatever the number is is the number but next year isn't actually big concern. It's the year after. Um, even with the Seattle yet to be names um, uh, coming into the league, and please not the Krakens. <laughs> yeah, we uh, haven't actually discussed potential names yet, have we? And we uh, might we have touched we on it back in January. Names in like six or seven months. Um, I thought we but, touched on it back in January because they were supposed to announce. The name or that and or other information back around the trade deadline. 
or they were going to, and it got pushed off. All Star uh, Game, not trade deadline. All Star Game. All Star Weekend. They were supposed to announce the name, and yeah, that didn't happen. There was, I believe, they they were concerned with leaks or something like that that the name had been leaked or the whatever. Anyway, yes, please not Kraken. Um, I there are thousands of better names that you could go by, whether you use Seattle or Washington or whatever. But please, just no. Um. Anyways, um. So compliance buyouts. So we move on to compliance buyouts because we're worried about the uh, cap going down. Worried about the cap going down. I mean, they used compliance buyouts back in was it twelve thirteen for the lockout? Yes, the, the half lockout season lost. half season, and each team was allowed to do. I believe it was one, maybe two. Yes, and basically what it meant was that. The 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 money did not the buyout money the did, did not count against the cap, which I think is I think is a pretty I think is probably best for the game. Um, not that it should happen often. This is an extraordinary circumstance. Um, I think even more extraordinary than a lockout, which is generally because the owners decided that. They've found so many loopholes in the uh, current CBA that they need a new one to protect themselves from themselves. Um, but uh, it was it, it was to yeah it was they were allowed back in twelve thirteen they were allowed two buyouts spread over two seasons. Money didn't count against the the payroll. The other rule was that the player was prohibited from rejoining that team. For, for a year, for a full year, yeah, yeah, which, uh, which to via trade waivers or free agency for one year from the date of the ori- the original contract was bought out. Which I mean, I could I could see somebody going, you know what? We could buy him out, then we could turn around and bring him back. No, no. <laughs> which I, I I don't have a I don't have an issue with that. No, me. Um, in fact, I mean, I think for the compliance buyouts. Um, an additional stipulation that they might want to add is that if that player is say, we'll take someone who's not necessarily on our list, either list, not that we, well, we each pick two players. We'll mm-hmm. take say Corey Schneider rule. If, if they decide, if they decide to sign a player who was, bought out with one of the compliance buyouts, Seattle, that is, um, the, uh, the franchise, w- uh, would get a, would get like a, I don't know, a compensatory, you know, sixth or seventh round pick, uh, or fifth or fifth through seventh round pick at least three years out, uh, based on, uh, the value of the contract purchased, uh, uh bought out. Not a huge thing, and yes, it would mean a year off for the player, maybe two, depending on how if Seattle gets pushed back another year. But um, there are some players with bad enough injuries or bad enough health over the last couple of years that an extra year off might be the best thing for them. 
Mm-hmm. It's interesting you pick Corey Schneider. I mean, he's still got two years remaining on his deal. Yep. It's a $6 million cap hit. He's not the biggest or even worst contract on the Devils, but somebody like him, I think he could benefit from going somewhere else, and we've talked about it in the past. I just think well, he, see, he's still – He's, he's still got good skills. I mean, <laughs> he's he's in the minors and he's only got what a nine oh three in the AHL this year. Is he struggling in the minors? I mean, but could that be a could that be a mental thing? I mean, this is a kid who's been in the NHL for the last he's like number of. He's not a kid anymore. He's thirty years old. Thirty. Either way, he's still been around uh, long enough. Now, yes, I I fully believe that he would do better elsewhere. You know, maybe work out a team, maybe work out a deal where he goes and plays in the Swedish Hockey League for a year or the Finnish Hockey League for a year and doesn't think about the NHL at all. Is it fair to judge somebody in front of that defense or behind that defense? I'm not sure it is because their defense is terrible. I mean, yes, Uh, they have P.K. Subban, they have Sammy Vatten, and they have... uh, but those guys are more offensive than defensive. I mean, exactly. that's probably a solid two-way. It, it's probably they unfair have, to call them offensive, but PK they is... They Will Butcher, another yeah. offensive defense. They actually... Wow. We should do I a mean, look at that sometime. They're, the number of like offensive defensemen they have... Well, they're... I mean, they have the same issues defensively as Florida. As in what defense... <laughs> yeah, we've talked about it many times, I'm sure. But uh, as far as after last week's show, yeah. the two of us were talking about, you know, compliance buyouts and potential players that we saw. Um, when you looked at teams and looked at players, like, did you look, how long did you spend looking at, say, the Detroit Red Wings or the Florida Panthers or even the Boston Bruins. The Bruins, uh, I mean, I didn't spend a lot of time because I thought, the, to me, the Bruins is an easy choice, and there's only one correct choice, and that's John Moore. Uh, see, I... No, that's the correct choice. As much as I choice. don't like John I, no, Moore... No, that's the correct choice. As much as I don't like John Moore, at under $3 million, I'm not sure it's worth buying him out to pay him not to play hockey. Uh, when, but they got out of they got out of the Vacus contract, which was clearly yes. their worst contract. Unfortunately for for David, it, it's not David's fault that they gave him that money. I mean, he's the no. player; he wants every dime he can get. So it's certainly not his fault. But they got mm-hmm. out from under the worst contract they were on. The only other one that they really need to worry about is John Moore. He's still got three more years at two point seven five, and he's not playing. He's earning his money sitting on his but I I don't have a pro, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with it knowing the Jacobs family though uh, I think they'd rather pay him to do very very little than to pay him to do nothing at all right now they're paying him to do nothing at all <laughs> he's still playing games here and there yes unfortunately Cliffy yes. Hockey got hurt and they needed somebody to step in. But when they start calling up Jeremy Lozon from AHL instead of playing John Moore more regularly, that should be a sign. I in no way disagree that John Moore in a rational 
reasonable and dispassionate view of the Bruins defense is well below the sixth spot. I just, I literally do not disagree in, 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 in any way. Okay. He's too inconsistent and he's not. Yeah. He's just inconsistent. But that's why I didn't spend a lot of time on that one. Cause it was, it, it was easy. The Red Wings, Red Wings for me were a little bit tougher because I wasn't sure exactly what, but I, I still think that, and and I kind of have to agree with the athletic here. I think Abdulkader is the one that has to go because he's still got three more years at four and a quarter. They're going in a young, they're, they're going in a different direction with Eisenman. I think that Abdulkader is eh, not quite Milan Lucic, but he's physical in that way. He's a, he's a big physical winger, but that's not the way that, that Eisenman's going to take him. And I it's think not- his contract is still, is a massive overpayment. I don't see, I don't see them. I, I think that he'd be the most obvious choice. So uh, yeah, like, did I spend time on some teams? I looked at it and it was like, okay, there really is an obvious choice here. And one of one of the two that I picked is going. You're, that's the first thing going to be out of your mouth is, oh, that's the obvious choice. But it's the obvious choice for a reason. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I get what you're saying, and I guess we should dive in and just start talking we, about we, our choices. I was gonna say we've hinted at it enough here. <laughs> um, you made uh. I, I think everyone is familiar with all four of the names on the list. Um, I, I find think it interesting that we picked, we both picked at least a player from the same team. I thought we'd have four different teams. As it turns out, we've only got three. Um, Which says I mean, something part of about that, is that. Just part of that is just how how the franchises are built. I was going to say, and, I think that actually says something about the team in particular that we're talking about. Yeah, and it says something. It may have something to do with where we live. But why don't you go with one of yours? <laughs> Are you saying that we're biased toward or against this particular team? Absolutely not. Okay, just checking. So who's going first? Me? You are going first. Pick one. Uh, all right. Uh, defenseman. <clears throat> you and I both liked this player when he was in Montre- in, in Washington. Yep. He now currently resides in Montreal as yep. a, or the team he plays for. Uh, Mr. Carl Alsner. He's still got two years remaining on his deal. It's four. It's north of four and a half million dollar cap hit. Four point six two five to be exact. Uh, he's spending a bulk, if not all, or very close to all of his time in the AHL. So he's there. He's clearly their highest paid player in, in, in the minor league system. Uh, I don't know whether it's a change of scenery with him. I don't know if something happened. I mean, he seems to be healthy, but this, this is somebody, I mean, other than the obvious, other than the other choice uh, that I thought about making here, I think that he's the one that's got to go. I mean, you're not going to get rid of, you're not going to get rid of Shea Weber. He's now your captain. We know. Uh, I they're they're heading toward a younger team. 
I mean, Tatar uh, is producing pretty much at the best level of his entire career, which is, it, which is odd. Time. Which is odd because I thought that's why they would have kept um, Kovalchuk because Kovalchuk was bringing out Tatar had a strong season to begin with, but when he was paired with Kovalchuk, he was he was actually uh, outperforming for that small window that Igor was there. Um, but I think that Alsner is the one that you got to that, that you're going to have to pay him and, and send him on his way. And there was a time where I thought the Bruins should have made a play for him. I I still don't. I still wonder how much of it is system, how much of it is, uh, you know, when we sometimes it's just a shock to the player to be traded, particularly to be traded to a team that's. <clears throat> not quite as competitive as the one you left. Uh, we saw Jeff Carter have a really rough time with being traded to Columbus uh, from the Flyers. Uh, the Flyers were at least making it into the playoffs at that point. Columbus was not. When he got when he got to L.A. and they were a better team, more competitive team, and he had at least one of his old teammates there, um, he snapped out of it. Um, and started producing again, maybe, maybe for, maybe for Elsner, Montreal just isn't <sighs> stimulating enough. There's not enough chance of being in the playoffs. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a Slovakian player. Um, so I'm guessing, oh no, wait a minute. I'm sorry. That's I guess Thomas Tatar up. Yeah, um, I was going to say, <laughs> Poor little brain. Uh, maybe Montreal just isn't, whether it's the weather, whether it's uh, uh, the fans or the amount of attention, because, yeah, Montreal is a little bit more intense than. Um, mm. Let's get it right. Claude Julian is a little bit more intense. <laughs> there's that. But, I mean, <laughs> Carl Eisner is a Western Canada guy, uh, Burnaby, B.C., so. A little bit outside Vancouver. Um, he I mean, spent his, his entire career. Here's a in, guy who five years, seven years with the eight years. Wait a minute. Let me get this right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then went to Montreal as a free agent. Eight seasons in a row. Never missed a game. Yeah. Literally, 82-82-48-82-82-82-82-82. And yep. then Has fell off the face games. of the earth in eighteen nineteen and played in only nine NHL games. I mean, I'm assuming that this was an injured, injured season because he only played 30, 34 games in the minors that year. Yeah, I, I don't get it because it's not like his shooting percentage changed all that much. Uh, I mean, it did drop, but so did the amount of uh, time he spent on the ice. Um, I really don't understand what's going on with Carlisle's Elsner in Montreal. Um, I would get him if for, if I were his agent, I would be begging for him to be traded, even if even if Carl uh, hasn't asked for it. <laughs> traded at the traded at the. Traded traded at the, the draft, traded at the deadline, trading the trading well, the deadline opening night um, of camp, uh, <laughs> traded 
trade wait, wait. agency day. Is he is great. he gonna get the is he gonna get the uh, commissar treatment or is it the Camilleri treatment? Well, it would only be an AHL jersey, so uh, it would probably not be six hundred dollars that they tried to charge him. <laughs> trade him in the middle. Trade him in between periods. <laughs> Sorry, dude, you you can't come up with a second period. What? <laughs> I mean, uh, was that but, was that commissaric? <laughs> Uh, I forget whether it was com- – I, I honestly – no, it was Mike Camilleri. It was Mike Camilleri. Camilleri, okay. Um, but that's your choice, and my first choice is actually way out on the West Coast. Um, and I think that this is this has, this says more about the team than the player. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the not-so-mighty Ducks of Anaheim – uh, next year, they have 16 players signed uh, for their roster, and they only have $8 million to sign the rest. That's with only four defensemen signed. Yes, they're four most important defensemen. Um, only one goaltender, and yes, that includes John Gibson. Um, theoretically, John Gibson. John Gibson should get the heck out of Dodge if he wants to get to a team that wants to win. Yeah, probably not going to happen. I feel bad for him. If they cannot make a trade for a significant player on the roster, and that that basically means Henrique or Silverberg, because the defense is the strength of that team and offense is easier to build. You you mentioned uh, David Backus as a buyout. Um, I I certainly hope that doesn't happen, but it, it does make sense. That said, it's not the player who I would actually buy out um, simply because of the amount of cap room that I would gain. Okay. Um, I, it almost has to be Ryan Getzlaff. What, what are we looking at for? He's eight and a quarter million. That doubles, <sighs> that doubles your cap space. It allows you to pursue good free agents, whether it's going after Petriangelo or Krug to be the centerpiece of your blue line, or you're going after one or two of the young uh, forwards or making trades for, um, for someone uh, to give you some depth and some balance up front. How many Um, years left? How many years is he looking at? It's only one year left. Okay. It's the same as David back. It's the same amount of time as David back is, but it's twice as much money. I think the I think the belief here is that the production that you get out of Getzlaff is going to decrease exceed, again, It's going to low. yeah, but it's going decrease to exceed again. the output of David Backus at this point. Uh, and either way, you're a lottery team. True. Right. You're just not good enough to compete. Well, no. I mean, if you looked at their roster, their roster is ungood. Um, I mean, there's no getting around the fact that in 1718, Getzlaff played just 56 games, but he put up 61 points in 1819 and 67 games. He played, he put up only 48 points. Um, and then so far in this season, the 1920 season, 69 games and 42 points. Go back to the 16-17 season, 74 games, 
30, 73 points. Uh, this is not the player that we that we spent a decade plus absolutely adoring. He's still a he still will have his jersey in the rafters in Anaheim. Oh no, no nobody's nobody's arguing that point. No, no, no. And and I can I I can see that the production just. Uh, it's it hasn't happened. been. It has. It hasn't been a huge. It, it was a huge drop off in eighteen nineteen to go from sixty one to forty eight, but the year before that he went from seventy three to sixty one. So yeah, he's had twelve point drop there. Another. He's had a twenty one thirty one point drop over the last uh, four seasons. He was he was on pace to he was on pace to surpass last season's numbers when they went into pause mode. He's also played. He's, no, he's, he's played two more games. So yeah, his 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 points per game production is down. His total production is down. Um, I mean, is he really going to feel good about coming out and playing next year and putting up thirty-one points in eighty-two games? And is um, that feeling is that feeling going to be good for the locker room? As much as, and I guess my arguments halfway out the window but are the ducks going to be are the ducks front office going to be more likely to buy out a player that they just acquired or are they more likely to buy out a player that has spent his whole career in their jersey in their sweater and probably wants to retire as a one team player in the sweater that drafted him they bought out Corey perry that's, and that's what, and that's why I said the arguments half out the window because they did they did it to Perry. So, um, it, yes, Perry's Perry's fall was harder and faster, and and harder. more injurious. But yeah, if they if they can, I I don't want to see him go, but I think they need to see him leave. I don't think I don't think Ducks fans want to see him go, but yeah, I agree. I think they need to see him leave. Uh, and that doesn't even get into some of the silliness they engaged in in picking up and signing for big contracts. The guys on their injured reserve. Ryan Kessler has not been healthy in ten years. That's it, it's just a fact. How, how are those hips, Ryan? He was not healthy two years before they made it before Vancouver made it to the Stanley Cup Finals in so 2010 uh, that was so back go back to 2008 2009 has he not I mean, had surgery on both his hips at this point he's had like hip? four or five hip surgeries he's legitimately started three seasons in a row on injured or th- he started like three seasons at one point in a row on the injured reserve because he had had hip surgery in the off season well he's got a no movement clause too <laughs> again they this is a team who did it to themselves. Apparently, apparently, uh, Peter Chiarelli was brought in to do some contract negotiations. <laughs> I mean, Eric Goodbranson, yeah, that one's a little harder. He's much younger, hasn't hadn't had the injury history. Um, uh, but no, I don't know what they're expecting. I mean. To extend him out beyond, and when was the last? I mean, the last contract they gave him was, yeah, there it goes, was uh, 
when did they sign him? 2016-17, they gave him a, a six-year contract at that point in time. No, yeah, six-year contract. And you knew better. Yeah, I think at that point you had probably should have gone shorter term on that one. You had to know better. If you didn't know better, you you don't belong in the in the in, in the conversation about building a franchise. I think Ryan Kessler is one of the best players of the last generation. He's again a part of that golden draft. He was taken 23rd in uh, in 03. Um, I don't have my draft guide up in front of me, but I'm pretty certain I moved him up uh, a place or two in that in that draft, which is a really hard thing to do because that was again a great draft. Oh yeah. Um, and who's your second uh, compliance buyout? Ah, this is the one you're going to say it's the obvious choice, but uh, I mean, this team is on an upward trend, uh, win wise, and they're 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 going to be back in the playoffs. They are probably a goaltender away, maybe a couple of defensemen. I don't know. Uh, I haven't quite pieced the whole team together yet, but they're certainly going in the right direction. I, <laughs> I moved out west, and I'm I'm looking at Vancouver, and the way they're heading, to me, I think the 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 money that Louis Anderson is earning for the reduced production and the increased time he's spending in the ninth in the ninth ring is just not there. I mean, we're looking at a guy who. 49 games this season he played in 80 he played in 81 games last season for a whopping 29 points this current season he's played in 49 games and and he's got 13 points a little bit of an improvement Uh, in 2017-18 he played in 50 games and only had 23 points I I, he's never been a huge points guy I get it he's a two-way player but it's just not there, and they've got young, talented players in that system that need to get time on the ice, and he's taking up a roster spot. I mean, no, it, Nikolai Goldobin is not that guy. I get it. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. In fact, I don't I even mean, think he's with Vancouver anymore. We were all assured that the handling of, uh, of Goldie was the most important thing that the head coach coming in a couple of years ago had to deal with. Um, Goldie gate was real, real. Yeah. Goldie gate was real. He's got two more. Louie has two more years left at 6 million per. I think if you buy him out, you can bring in a decent defenseman and shore up. Yeah. Edler's getting a little bit older. Yeah. They got, they've got a potential Calder cup winner in Quinn Hughes, but Jordy Ben, no, uh, Tenev is a decent defenseman. Is he top pairing? Probably not, but he's also a UFA. Tyler Myers, you just gave him a, a, a huge deal at 30. He's getting 6 million per. So you better hope that Tyler Myers, Tyler 
Myers is going to stay healthy and be a top performing defenseman. I mean, they've got plenty of offense on that team. You've got some kid named Patterson, some kid named Patterson. You got Adam Gaudet who played at Northeastern. You've got Jake Bertanen who's starting to bring it back around again, getting healthy. JT mm-hmm. Miller. Uh, I mean, there's a guy that you go to that church on the corner and you pray to God, thanking, thanking Vancouver that they brought him in. <laughs> You've got Besser, Horvath. I mean, they've got lots of young talent on that team. I think the guy to, 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 to buy out is Erickson and then spend that money on a defenseman or a goaltender and start working the back end of that, of, of that ice. Uh, I'm not going to argue with you. I mean, I think Louie is a really, hey, I, I, I liked Louie when he was here, but the concussions and age and just the number of games he's played. Yeah. They, they've hit the tipping point for him and you, you just can't beat that. Um, no, but my second pick is. One that people are probably going to throw rocks at me for. At least people <laughs> in a certain province. Um, and a couple of networks. But mm-hmm. um, to me, you can't, if you're not being, if you're not competing at an elite level and you're being paid at an elite level, mm-hmm. you're hurting your team. It's just very, very simple math. If you have a one or two season dip below the elite level, okay, it happens. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's not the case for Carey Price. Wait, 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 wait. You blaspheme. You're buying out Carey Price, the best goaltender in the world? Uh, uh, those uh, those rumors appear to be greatly exaggerated. What, that you're buying him out or that he's the best goaltender in the world? <laughs> the latter. Uh, I mean, was he at one point really, 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 really good? Yeah. How many Stanley Cups does he have? Um, uh, add the six, divide by nine, multiply by seven... Don't forget to square carry it. The two, square it, uh, absolute number, divide by pi, zero. Oh, zero. But wait, Corey Crawford has two. Jonathan Quick has two. Um, hell, Tim Thomas has one. Yep. Uh, um, uh, oh, Marc-Andre Marc Fleury has, has a couple. So how is Carey Price the best goaltender in the world? Um, let me uh, let me go back to my equation. Make sure I didn't uh, drop anything. He's not. There it is. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> um, yeah, Montreal's not going to be our biggest fan this week. Ten million a year. Ten million a year. Holy cow! To have a below average save percentage. Hey, hey, hey. He's got a 909. Come on now. And that there is below average. By the way, a former there's a former Canadian goaltender out there that has like a 929 or a 927 save percentage. 
Uh, was he just signed to another one-year contract? He was. <laughs> and you know what? I believe he has the same agent as Mr. Price, so they can. I, I bet Montreal's front office knows how to contact uh, <laughs> that player. But so we're buying out Carey Price. Let's, let's do look this. At it. Let's look at this before we get back to Price's non-performance. Okay. Um, they have six picks in the first three rounds this year. Six. Six. They have this guy named Charlie Lindgren, who's genuine, who is not terrible. Charlie Charlie performed well last season when Gary Price got hurt. It took him they a have, game. It took him a game or two to kind of get in the swing. The first two games were like eh, but after that he performed fairly well. I ought to know he was on my fantasy team. They have Keith Kincaid, who not Has starter. Been, has been a number one goaltender uh, but when he's he was with New Jersey. Starter. I mean, he's a solid backup. He, no, I don't. Yeah, he's not good. Yeah, he's not going to wow you with uh, 970 save percentage every night of the week. But yeah, no, he is solid. They have Caden Primo. Oh, don't get me started. The they have pounding a little Mike bit faster. McNiven, <laughs> and they have Vasily uh, Jim, uh, Dem, uh, Demchenko. Yeah, not um, anything Primo's the only name that matters, but go ahead. <laughs> they have depth in their system. Yes. If they decide to re- relieve themselves of, what is this, uh, 50 million, uh, no, more like 70 million in remaining contract uh, uh, from Mr. Price, that's... I, what... What has Mark Bergevin done any time recently that gives you any kind of hope that this would happen? Literally nothing. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so he has one, two, three, four, three five, points. six years and ten and a half million of cap hit each year um, left on that contract. You know what would be really nicely done with ten and a half million dollars? Wait, can you get a defenseman? You could probably get Alex Petriangelo and sign. Hey, 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 he's coming here. At Don't least one that. entry level contract. Don't start those nasty rumors. Petriangelo's coming to Boston. You could. <laughs> uh, you could get. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Let's look at some of these other names. You could get. Tori you could get. You could get Robin Leonard and uh, let's see. I don't know how, how exciting Leonard is going to, how excited Leonard is going to be to come back to the um, East coast. It depends on how he finishes up in, in Vegas, but he can't be wild about the fact that the Islanders gave him one year and then he kind of went somewhere else. You could probably sign, find a way to sign Tyler Toffoli and Robin Leonard for ten and a half million dollars or so a year. Certainly for the next three to five. Rob, uh, Tyler Toffoli is twenty-eight years old. Currently playing in Vancouver. Yep. Um, hell, Sammy Vatnin is going to be available. Um, 
there's <sighs> so many options. And yeah, let's it. let's stick with how many options there are because I don't know that Vatnin would be my first okay. option, but okay. But just say you want to grab Robin Leonard, and you get him, you sign him for five years at seven million. Well, you just save three million dollars a year. That gives you. Say you really only want to keep him for the first three of those years, yeah. while you give Caden Primu. And the rest of your young guys a chance to fight it out for uh, to take over the crease. You can trade him at well, what at what will be a bargain contract if he remains healthy and reasonably close to his good years. Um, you'll be you'll be, have built back in uh, some experience in your team. You'll get value back because he'll have two years on his contract whether you turn that into more picks like you've stockpiled for this season, mm-hmm. because they have stockpiled. Um, you I mean, think? Montreal has... You think uh, they... Ha- I mean, they they have three picks in the picks. second round. They have 14 picks this year. Um, next year, they have 11 picks. So 25 picks in the next 13 rounds of the NHL draft, mm-hmm. they're going to find even if by accident, by the purest. <laughs> are luck, you going with, are you going with even the blind squirrel finds an acorn once in a while? Is this, that your argument here? <laughs> no, this is, this is a two legged squirrel climbing a tree. Uh, it, like if with 25 picks, if you can't find two roster players, it, you're doing less well than a two-legged squirrel climbing a tree. Okay, fair enough. They're gonna find roster players. It, it, it's it's pretty much inevitable. So dispense with Mr. Price. Mm-hmm. Bring in Mr. Leonard and do what you need to with the other three million. Honestly, honestly, unless you're unless you're hoping to make a serious playoff run, you don't even have to bring in Leonard. Just bring up. I mean, but they're, Cade, no, they're they're trying to do that. They want to be in the playoffs consistently. They know they make more money that way. Yes, there's more money to be made if you make it make it into the playoffs. Clearly, you extend the season, the gate alone. I I, I get it, and I called Kovalchuk Igor Ilya. Um, yes, you did. I know, but you didn't call me out then, so I figured I'd correct it myself. If 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 Bergevin does a reality check, he might notice that they are on the cusp of playoffs. I don't know that. I mean, yeah, okay, it, it is an option to bring in somebody like Alana, but at the same point in time, is it better to go with what you've got? Uh, strengthen this defense. I don't know how good Brett Kulak is. Uh, I'm not imagining that it's great. Uh, Christian Foline was in L.A., if I'm not mistaken, or Arizona, one of the two. He was out west. Yeah. Uh, Xavier Ouellette, I believe, is a cast-off from Detroit. I thought he had – you're right. He had been through Detroit. Um, why I mean, did I – why did I Beyond? think he had been in Dallas, but never mind. 
beyond Weber and Petri, the defense gets a little bit mm, hazy. Yeah. So maybe you don't go with a, a goaltender, which has been. I don't know if you can not go with a goaltender and in. And in I'm willing to buy out one of them. Come on now. I don't know if you can not go with a big name goaltender in Quebec, though. Like it's been, it's as much tradition to have that big name goalie there as it is to have a top flight defenseman here. Because they had Dryden, because they had Roy. Yeah. Yeah. And now, the, and Price when he was younger. I, I get it, but I, I think, mean, in all honesty, I think Primo is that next kid. That's and I know I've been saying it for a couple of years old. now. What? He's twenty years old. Oh, 20, Yes, he is young. How young was? Carey Price when they brought him up? Too young. I do. That leads me to a question. Hold on. That leads me to a question. Uh, We have seen the resurgence of said um, former Montreal Canadian goaltender here in Boston. And we're getting to see what he was fully capable of. And he showed us what he was when he was with Montreal in those playoffs. Yep. But uh, Mr. Halak and his, his resurgence here. Uh, would Carey Price be better suited to a two-man style like we have here in Boston now than playing – this is one of those softball-type questions. Um, would he be better suited than playing, I don't know, 60-plus games every year for the last decade plus? <laughs> um, I guess the question, the answer to that question comes into er, – comes down to whether you think that his issues are inherent to his body and there's nothing that you can do about them, or whether you he's, think it's simply wear and tear. I mean, he's um, a guy. Failure to condition, like this failure season, to train. This season, 58 games, and the season's not over. Last year, uh, out of 66. Like 63, yes. Last year, 66. Year before that, I believe he was hurt, played in 49. Yes, 16, 17, 62, 66, 59, 65, 72. I mean, this guy's got miles on that body. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I always felt bad for Cam Ward, but this guy's getting close. Um, I mean, Cam, Cam Ward got beaten Cam like a Ward government. Was, he got beaten Cam like a Ward government was mule. like two government mules. In, in, in Carolina, yes. Uh, I mean, it's Carey Price has played a ridiculous number of minutes in the NHL um, since uh, the 2007-2008 beginning of his career. There's there's no other way to say it because I'm he's just played a lot whenever he's been healthy. Mm -hmm. And that's not unfortunately been very much in the last like four years. Uh, and the same so percentage has. Do I think that his um, his numbers would be better if he played like fifty eight games versus 60, 68? Um, probably. Okay, uh, there are two goaltenders who have played since the oh seven oh eight season mm-hmm. more minutes than uh, in two. the regular season than Carey Price. Two. Two. And uh, one of them is only, well, 
it's not only it's a thousand more minutes in a hundred more in 20, just about 30 more games. The two guys ahead of him are, we already knew were workhorses. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist since that time. Oh, he's another one. Wait season. He's another one. He's played 82 games. He's played 44,595 minutes and 47 seconds in those, in that time. Lundqvist or Price? Lundqvist. Okay. Marc-Andre so Fleury has played 41,090 <laughs> minutes and 51 seconds. And mm-hmm. Carey Price, the slacker, has played uh, 40,228 uh, minutes <laughs> and 38 seconds. No one else is over 40,000 in that time period. Uh, okay. Um. I don't know why I never thought of Flurry as a workhorse, but yeah, I guess so. In well, look at the other goaltenders that Pittsburgh has seen. Hides it well. I mean, they did the same thing. I, I, they did the same thing to Tommy Barrasso. So. Oh yeah, um, it's. If you're wondering where Tuka Rask is in that list, uh, he's eleventh behind uh, Craig's uh, Craig Anderson. Um, at Craig just Anderson's over another. Craig Anderson is a guy who talk about playing on awful teams. I mean, the poor guy. Mm-hmm. And just just for comparison, uh, across that time period, Carey Price's save percentage nine fourteen uh, is a nine seventeen. So yeah. yes, it's good uh, career wise. Mark Andre Fleury's is only a nine fifteen. Henrik Lundqvist is a nine eighteen. Um, but Craig Anderson is a 914 across those 33,000 minutes, 587 games as a goaltender on terrible teams. The best Craig bad Anderson, team goaltender in the NHL. Possibly or, the best or, bad or, team goaltender in NHL history. Or, or at least in the top three, because I don't know, Leonard, I, I still think Leonard could <laughs> Leonard could, could certainly put up his hand and say, uh, how about me? And I couldn't not make the argument. Robin Leonard has been on some bad teams. But Craig Anderson, I think, yeah, I think if there was a, an award for it, I think he takes it. <laughs> I mean, career save percentage, yes, Price has played more games. Mm-hmm. But him and him and Halak have the exact same career save percentage. Yes, Price has played a lot more minutes. But you can make the argument that for most of his career, Halak has been on worse teams. Halak has been on some bad Islanders teams. Uh, bad Islanders teams. <laughs> those those teams, as we've discussed once or twice, would have been relegated in the European system. And for that matter, when he played in Seattle, I mean in St. Louis, those teams were not particularly good. I would be inclined uh, to agree. Uh, and his, I mean, that 930 save percentage in admittedly only 12 games when he played for Washington in 13, 14, but Oh, wow. Those Islanders teams. Yuck. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Halak, particularly if as rumored, Mr. Rask retires after next year. Well, that's why they that's why they extended Halak, Halak a year so that they could have the tandem 
for at least the last years of, of Mr. Rask's uh, potential uh, reign here in Boston. Now okay. they just keep that keep that tandem in order, and then at that point, it gives them another year to decide what they're going to do with Swayman and Bladar, and you know, it gives them another year in the minors. Get those. I mean, Dan Vladar's numbers this year in the minors were ridiculous, and we talked about them last week. Uh, yeah, I, I, it just it, it it kicks the can down the road yes. for the Bruins, so. Uh, They're so, going to have to pick it up at some point, but what else do we got here? Um, well, if if the season resumes, which I, I think we're both uh, strongly hoping it will, strongly, mm-hmm. um, there's been a lot of discussion about, you know, oh, we're going to have to put an asterisk next to this season if they just give out the cup or they start playing again because – without everyone playing 82 and getting in and like, and Mike McIntyre, who writes for the Winnipeg free press uh, discusses this at the 24 game uh, format or the 2014 format, which is basically the teams who were over statistical 500. Um, do you think that the 24 is actually going to be better? I believe that or is it simply going to be different and exciting because it's new it's going to be I don't know if it's going to be exciting just because it's new my first thought when they wanted to do this was that they were trying to uh, I don't know dress up that pig put on some makeup I think what they're trying to do here is because they're not going to finish the regular season, they're giving those on-the-cusp teams that chance to work it. I mean, the whole thing, if the playoffs ended today type of thing, Arizona would have been outside looking in. Now they're going to get a chance to, to play in, which with 12 games left in the season and the way the West is going, they would have had a good chance of playing their way in. So yes. I – I think the 24 team format is a good thing because if we're not going to get to see the last 10 to 12 games of the regular season and given giving those teams that are just right there that chance, I think this is the best way to go. I do also believe it's going to be entertaining. I don't know if the format's going to be three game play in five game, you know, best of three, best of five. I don't, I don't know if they figured all of that out, but I think. Rather than going with just 16 teams, okay, top eight from each and that's it, which is what it normally is when you finish a season. Because you're not finishing that last dozen games, I think this is the way to go. And that actually works pretty well into my point, which is amazing since we didn't actually discuss this at all. Um, My feeling is that if they're just jumping straight to the postseason – and giving um, those 16 teams a play, uh, uh, 16 teams or 24 teams a a just jump start, you know, boom, go or go. Um, I think it's going to make better hockey. 
I don't know that necessarily the format is going to be better, but I think that giving the giving those bottom 16 of the 24 teams or however it works out with um, player with the top four top teams getting a buy um, or at least, you know, just pure exhibition games. Um, I think that you're going to see better hockey simply because players will have time to play competitive hockey before we get to that normal 16 team demolition derby. Um, which uh, I, I think they, I think they need. And yes, the, the additional money going to franchises who are at the lower end of the earning spectrum, like Arizona, um, is absolutely huge. Um, it will get, uh, a lot of the people who have been put out of work, uh, it will make a little bit more money for, to bring back the people who have been put out of work um for next year um and it's yeah i i like it i want to see it i want i just want hockey i honestly don't care if it works out to be better as long as it's not worse and the but i think it, i think some... the hockey will be better the format i don't know you're gonna get to see some interesting matchups though oh yes i mean the first round or one of the predicted first rounds is columbus versus um, uh, Toronto, <laughs> which, which I think is going to be fascinating simply based on the coaches. If John Tortorella uh, has three weeks to prepare from a cold start, mm-hmm. um, uh, he's going to be, especially if guys are healthy and Seth Jones, you know, if Seth Jones is back, <laughs> that's, that's not a game changer. That's a series changer. You can't not plan for him. Uh, no, you, you, you have to game plan for Seth Jones. Sorry. I realize he's a defenseman, but you had to game plan for Bobby Orr, too. You got a game plan for Seth Jones. Um, I mean, is does anyone genuinely believe that Sheldon Keefe is a better NHL head coach than John Tortorella? I just feel bad that we're not gonna, that it's not Babcock behind the bench for this matchup. <laughs> I, I'm not a huge Babcock fan, but and and I don't think that he's quite in the caliber of John Tortorella when it comes to uh, dealing with the press. But he gets it. He can he can get angry. He can get a little agitated with the press too. He he does I make his points strenuously. I, I I don't know how Sheldon Keefe is. I get, I get the feeling that Sheldon is a uh, a little bit more demure and 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 uh, a lot less vocal with the press than than Babcock. And of course, we know John Tortorella. He's famous for his um, dealings his dealings with the, the he's the famous Britain. for being himself. There you go. <laughs> I'm sorry, but when you take a phone call from <laughs> that has to be one of my favorites. He takes the phone from the reporter. Yeah, yeah, he's busy. He's doing his job. Yeah, call your mom. <laughs> that is legitimately one of the best things that's happened in hockey. Like I'm sorry. hockey, the NHL really needs more actual personalities like him. 
yes. I'm not saying they need to that we, that every team needs three guys who are going to stand behind the uh, the podium and swear for half of their press conference. But no, guys, Tortorella could take care of that. <laughs> guys, just let, let your hair down a little bit. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying show up for press conferences in your boxers with a cigar hanging out of your mouth, but let your hair down a little bit. Um, and you know, the this year's Columbus Blue Jackets are. Not, I don't believe are anywhere near as good as last year's Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, but the defense in Toronto is still. Uh, we're going to use the word porous. Okay. Because you have Jake Muzzin and the Jake other guys. Jake Muzzin and the backup singers, yes, as the my other favorite guys. phrase. Uh, yeah, and in Columbus, you have a guy named Elvis who has not left the building. And if, and if it's just a three-game series, if it's just a three-game series – I'm going with the guy who I believe can get further into the head of their opponents, both in understanding them and unnerving them and push the buttons on his own team, the hardest and the smartest for motivating them for like a three game play in. Cause if John Tortorella can walk into the building and say, look, you win tonight, you win, t- you win the next game and we're into the 16 and then start counting those 16 down. Um, but tonight we need to go out and win every shift. Forget about tomorrow. There, um, all those wonderful hockey cliches. Yeah. He's, he's got the ring on that hand that says I've gotten guys here before. Does that make Columbus a great contender for the cup? No, they're not. No, they're but not gonna be playoff, five, playoff, five. playoff experience is not something to be trifled with either. No, having having been having been there, and with him having won a cup, but having been there, uh, there is no substitute for that. No, I, I mean it was a long time ago. The game has changed a decent amount, but it's not like he's <clears throat> been in Europe uh, with a soccer team for ten years. Wow, a cheap shot at Ralph Kruger. <laughs> hey. I don't blame Ralph Kruger any more than I blame David Backus. Someone exactly. had to hit, someone had to hand him the contract and the money. There you go. That's the way it is. Ah, uh, what is this bold prediction? Oh, that one is a bold prediction that neither one of us actually had to make. Oh, okay, good. Which is kind of the best kind. Um or maybe the second best kind. Oh, I actually like this prediction. Uh, yeah, this 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 one is pretty fun. Uh, most of us are familiar with the writing of David Staples. Um, he writes for what? Edmonton, Edmonton Journal? Yep. Okay, yeah. For the Edmonton Journal, he released a um, – he released a column uh, – what was it, two days ago? No, uh, 20 hours ago at this point, so on Saturday – uh, regarding one of the potential matchups, the Edmonton Oilers and the Chicago Blackhawks. And yes, David Staples predicts the Chicago Blackhawks will upset the Edmonton Oilers in proposed first round 
of NHL playoffs. Okay. Wow. And not for anything, but uh, looking – I don't know that it's wow, though. I mean, you look at Jim Matheson's tweet. Only sure thing about Hawks playing Oilers is Edmonton won't be able to handle Kane. He has 44 points in his last 25 games versus the Oilers. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's almost two points a game player against the Oilers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as much as I may be down on Chicago's defense, it's not like Edmonton has Nashville's defense. Yes, they have Connor McSavier, and yes, they have Leon Dreisaitl. Uh I don't know about Koskinen as far as uh, in the playoffs. So I'd have a question about Koskinen and Net in the playoffs. I mean, do you go with Mike Smith clearly because he's been around longer and has playoff experience? Not when he hasn't been the number one. Most teams go with their number one, go with their hot goaltender in the playoffs, and usually you ramp up with your starting goaltender as the playoffs. Granted, we don't have that, but that's why you get the play-in. I I like this prediction, actually. I can get on board with this. This, this is really a very fascinating article. Um, I think that you should all read it. Uh, I read it before the show. I'm going to have to sit down and read it again. Um, obviously when things are released, uh, all of us, uh, me and Chris will make our first round predictions and we'll probably do a show on it or part of a show on it. Um, but I, I kind of like that because, you know, Jonathan Taze, Patrick King, uh, Seabrook Keith, they know they're closer to the ends of their careers than the beginning. And with this, 60, 70 days layoff, any nagging injuries that their now 30-plus-year-old bodies have had are going to feel a whole lot better than they did six months ago or four, or four months ago. Um, they And yeah, that team has more experience winning playoff game or winning playoff games. Hey, they have more experience losing playoff games than combined in that entire NHL roster. I mean, I mean the biggest the biggest miss for Chicago is going to be Brent Seabrook. Yes. Um I mean he's not due back until what September, October if at all. Uh yeah, like beginning of next season. Or yep. what would have been the beginning of next season like September, October, yes. I believe was the timeline I had heard last. Um so you know, clearly, I mean, he's he's a big a big gun. He's not their offensive defenseman, but as far as defensemen go, he's their big gun. I mean, as the article <sighs> points out uh, in the eighth bullet point, Chicago and Edmonton, play, Edmonton played three times this year, with Chicago winning two and Edmonton one, and total goals split ten to nine for Chicago. Um, I, I'm not sure you can actually call it an upset. If that's true. Yes, the standings say one thing, but the standings are meaningless uh, once you hit the playoffs because it's all about the head-to-head matchup. And that head-to-head matchup, uh, it, it, it does not favor a uh, – it does not favor the Cup returning to uh, 
where Gretzky uh, held it last. See bullet point number 11. I'm simply glad there's playoffs coming. Of all the things I've worried about in recent weeks, the Oilers not getting the bye seems like the smallest of concerns. If Edmonton can't get by the Chicago Blackhawks, the Oilers don't deserve the Stanley Cup or even to get into the next round. <laughs> this is an extraordinary situation, so it doesn't bother me in the least that the NHL and NHL are going into 24 games. They've got a dollar to make, and that's yet another argument for going to 24 teams instead of 16, adding another round. Uh, if we're going to worry about the financial aspects of uh, next season and the season beyond, and everything, I mean, the teams need to make their change too. Yes. Um, and again, I will urge all of you to go read this particular article. Uh, it's capped off with a quote, uh, a quoted tweet by Kristen Schulten, who is uh, at K-R-I-S-T-N, uh, T-E-N underscore S-H-I-L-T-O-N. <laughs> this is a great Don't quote. Don't be mad man. about this format uh, that hockey will in uh, most likely come back with. Hockey is like pizza. It's always good, even if it's not your favorite place, even if it's not the best you've ever had. It's still pizza, and some kind of pizza is better than no pizza. Uh, that was tweeted on the 23rd. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, one, of my, one of the most interesting hockey articles I've seen in three or four months, um, and that, that certainly dates back to before uh, this lockdown began. Uh, let's see. What else do we want to talk about this week? There's only a couple of things left on the board. Yeah, but oh, where are draft we draft lottery. Do we have time to really get into the draft lottery, though? Um, yes. We're going to talk about the draft lottery because I want to talk about the draft lottery and when the draft should be moved. I do, too, but I want to give it appropriate time. I mean... Well, <sighs> look at it this way. Hopefully, by this time next week, we'll yes. be... We'll have heard that they're going to ha- that hockey is actually going to be back. You have very high hopes, <laughs> and we'll be talking about our actual about the actual playoff matchups. So let's talk now, right now, right now, right now, because we're going to talk about two topics all at once. Okay. And building in uh, a little bit of break for the NHL. Um, and just changing things slightly. So draft lottery, the NHL draft lottery, which, mm. which is honestly one of the most overhyped things in the NHL season because it is. But my question, my question with the draft lottery is we haven't finished the season yet. (laughs) Yes, we have not, but effectively they're declaring the regular season over. I, yeah, I, think I tend to believe that the draft lottery uh, or that the draft order should simply be the the order that you um, that you finish the season in. It's it's about the regular not, season and not who wins the Stanley Cup. Absolutely, oh I, I mean goodness. regular season awards. You're just blaspheming all over the place today. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm correcting. <laughs> I'm not blaspheming. I'm correcting. I, every, I, I may every act. single regular season award, or every season, every single major award, with the exception of the ones that are, you know, these the Stanley Cup itself and the Con um, the Conn Smythe yeah. are for the regular season. 
Understood. I, making the making the draft position um, dependent on what happens afterwards for half or soon to be left. Uh, or for half the teams, doesn't make sense to me. It never did. Mm-hmm. Because the team composition changes a lot, especially at the draft, uh, or not, especially not at the draft at the um, at the trade deadline or just before. It's not the same team it was at the beginning of the year, and then you, by the time you pull up uh, what are referred to as the Black Aces out of the AHL, if the if two or three of those guys get to play, it's not the same team. You're not comparing. Apples to apples or oranges to oranges. You're comparing strawberries but, to tomatoes. But yeah, so, that's why that's why players acquired after the trade. Trading doesn't stop because the deadline happens. You can still make trades. It's just that any players you acquire can't be on your playoff roster. Yes. Okay. But how many trades? For actual NHL quality players, None. you see in the last five years, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it it is effectively the end of trading. That's because that's the way the GMs and everybody else view it. Since they can't acquire, it it doesn't make sense to them to acquire a player that they can't use in the postseason. I understand yes, that, but not every team is going to make it to the postseason, and they know it. So why aren't like the bottom feeders uh, looking for players because from teams? That because, know they're not going to be able to afford a guy next year. Because the, the the players that they want to get to improve their teams are teams that are in the playoffs, and they don't want to lose Maybe. those players. Maybe. But here's the other thing that I think the NHL should change. So, they need to slide the draft from the end of June mm-hmm. right to uh, the end of the first week of – or. The end of the second week of April. So you're going to do the draft. There's a reason why they don't no, do no, that. No. They'd Put be the draft right there. There's a reason they don't do it. They'd be competing with the NFL. I mean, there's still marketing involved in these things. That's why the NBA doesn't do their draft in April. The NFL drafts in April. And well, you care. do care if but you're not the no, number no, one. Here's, here's the reason that you're doing it. Almost no one watches the draft anyways. Two, mm-hmm. give you knowing who you're going home with at the draft gives you more time to prepare for free agency. And if you take an extra week between the end of the regular season and the start of the playoffs, you give guys more time to uh, you give those late pickups at the draft deadline or the, I'm sorry, the trade deadline, more time to integrate with their team. You have four or five practices. Uh, the Black Aces can practice with the team. People can get more healthy. Um, you can game plan for that first-round opponent. Um, you have the benefit of doing the of yes, doing we, free agency. So um, we're now, we're now adding another. Free agency. Go ahead. No, you're, so you're now adding another responsibility onto the GM, along with trying it's to improve the responsibility. Team. How much do you think? Uh, how much do you think draft boards change uh, between the second week of April and the fifth, and the third week of June? Uh, depends on last round of scouting. Final final draft how rankings much? don't come how out much? until until May. That's because the draft is 
six weeks later. If you move the draft six weeks earlier, they're going to have to come out earlier. It's <laughs> just the way it works. Yes, but GMs want the most information they can get. This is why the draft is in June. This is why they don't do the final rankings until May. Yes, they want to get as much. Their drafting is with all that information. There's analysis paralysis creeping in. Yes, there is. In some teams, there certainly is. In the case of Mark Bergeron, there certainly is. Although he, I mean, he get to fall onto Caden Primo, but uh, yeah, some teams just don't draft so well. Move the draft. You move the draft, and they're still it, not going to draft well. Yes. So there's no point in not doing it. Move the draft to April, and. Instead of free agency day being July 1st, which is, you know, Canada Day, and, you know, most of the reporters and most of the players are off vacationing, you move it to July 10th. You're not competing with the NBA free agency anymore. You have an extra week on the back end um, in case the playoffs run longer or you want to do your buyouts or you want to literally just take a vacation before you actually dive into uh, free agency and pulling and trying to pull together your next year's roster. Um, you can, you know, and you've also had time to do your development camp with those players you've just drafted or picked up as free agents out of college or ju- major junior. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that that version of, Mm-hmm, means Mike, you're completely insane, but I'm just not going to take the time to tell you. But you're wrong. But I'm not wrong because unfortunately, they do consider the the higher ups, the 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 Gary Bettmans of the world, uh, the owners, still want to make money, regardless of whether you or I are the only two people in the United States or in North America that actually watch the NHL draft. They do not want to compete with the NFL draft. They do not want to compete. It's bad enough that the NBA draft is like a week or two before the NHL draft. Some years. Some years it's one week. They don't want to compete with the NFL. The NFL right now is number one as far as that. They they have a, a huge grip on, you know, this is our draft and it's three days. Yes, in the NHL, it's not nearly as much. I get that. So they don't want to hurt what little they have by moving it up against the big guy, and then nobody's going to pay attention to no, it. How much? What percentage of change do you think there would be in viewership, particularly if you add in draft analysis, if you add in playoff previews, uh, and you're actually having uh, cameos from guys who are getting ready to go back to the playoffs? into into the draft like active players right now in the middle of their season in the middle of the most exciting part of the year ready to go back and play because you're not going to have them because they're still going to be busy preparing for the playoffs preparing for that sort of promotional stuff is part of their contracts we've seen jonathan taze and patrick kane and and and, uh, other guys at at the draft in june there you go. So they're still at the draft, whether it's in June or April. But that's because after most of those teams are eliminated from the playoffs, not as the excitement is building for the playoffs to start. That's the key difference. 
introducing all of those young kids to the sports world at the on the same stage as guys who are getting ready to go play for the Stanley Cup. Yeah, big deal, you're big opportunity, get, and, the N- the guys and, and the NHL the, is missing it. You're not going to get the guys that are preparing to go into the playoffs. You're going to get the guys from – stuff is part of their contracts. You're going to get the guys – Right, Every, but just they're like not players gonna, are required to show up at the podium after a game and talk to the press a couple of times a year. I understand how that works. I'm telling you, though, that you don't see every NHL player at the draft in June. You no, won't you see don't. every NHL player at the draft in April. They are required, but not every player comes out to the podium after a game, playoff, regular season, or otherwise. But you the, see one or stars, two players. You see stars from every team. You don't think that if Jacobs or whoever said, hey, Zidano, we need you to take a day and go to the draft and be there for the first round. Show up, shake the kids' hands, welcome them to the team, be on stage for 30 seconds while we make the first pick, and that's it? That he's not going to show up? Of course he's going to show up. Tory Krug would do the same thing. Patrice would do the same thing. Brad Marchand would be hilarious doing the same thing because – Almost all the players would be taller than him, um, and he'd probably find some way to be goofy. Um, yeah, it, it, I'm not it, saying it, it wouldn't be a good thing. I'm saying that the, the if you're doing it on on the the eve of the playoffs or during the first round, the playoffs the players' focus is going to be elsewhere, and the coaches are going to want to get in every little pr- bit of practice time that they can. That's while the also trying to take two weeks off so the players get rest, and then there's the week to do the draft, uh, uh, the week to do the the serious preparation. So now you're starting the playoffs later. I said five minutes ago that you're taking two weeks between the end of the regular season and the start of the playoffs. Okay. And we're giving them the extra. Do you think the players want that extra time? I think that a lot of players would like the extra time. And I, I'm sure that the coaches would like to say. Especially the ones that are. You have the week off. You have a week off. Do whatever you want. Um, and then you have that week to integrate all of those new players, the returning healthy players, the, the guys called up from the NHL or just finished college or from the AHL or just finished college. You have that full week. You can do three, four, uh, you can do say three practices and two and a couple of morning skates. Make sure everyone is at, back in game shape and have even better first rounds. Okay. So how does this affect the draft lottery? So when do you have the draft lottery then? Because that's what we were talking about. We weren't just talking about the draft. We're talking about the lottery here. Well, the draft lottery is, in my opinion, the most overhyped thing of the year, hands down. (laughs) You don't like the idea of throwing balls into a into a spinning well ball or or cylinder, and then picking out one that gets to be. I mean, if you don't have the if you don't have the draft lottery, you can't have Gary Bettman setting up said lottery so that the Pittsburgh Penguins can get Sidney Crosby. It would be it would be just as sensible. Did I just say that out loud. It would be just as sensible to have fans shooting into a six inch wide hole in the net um, from center ice to decide draft position as throwing as throwing balls into the cylinder. Oh, okay. Because 
a lot of the teams at the bottom of the draft are the ones who are consistently there and they're at the bottom of the draft because they're terrible at drafting and developing players. Now, so now moving, stop picking so on Edmonton. From the eighth pick to the third pick nearly irrelevant. Unless stop. you've got a draft, unless you get a draft where it's literally Ovechkin Malkin at the top and you can't go wrong by picking either of those players or you've got uh, um, what was uh, two, three years ago, Paul Sagan or uh, Paul Sagan, or you had the, um, or, Kako and Hughes, which that needs time That's to pan out. That's probably not quite that high. Uh, Ma- the you Matthews had and Heeshear and Nolan Patrick. Although I wouldn't exactly call. I mean, there hasn't been since or Hall take, Sagan. Take there really hasn't been the whole. Draft. You had Austin Matthews, Patrick Line. Um, oh, okay, yeah, Matthews and. Uh, but Matthews was yeah. pretty much the clear number one there. I mean, it wasn't like they but weren't hyping up. Two the, isn't bad. I didn't say it was bad. In Sometimes. fact, there's, it appears that there's only one bad pick in that first round uh, so far uh, because he's played zero games, even though he was drafted fifth by <clears throat> Vancouver. Which draft? Uh, 2016. What the heck did they take in 16? Exactly. Uh, only <laughs> uh, uh, Ulo Levy or something like that. A defenseman oh, okay. out of the uh, London Knights. Yeah, no idea. Yeah, no idea. <laughs> um, who has... He has played uh, 63 games in the AHL and done... Uh, a, fair bit of, a fair bit of meh. 38 points. Uh, I mean, as a defenseman, that's reasonable, although it's not a huge number of games. Um, But the draft lottery, I don't care. Do it at that's what this is all about. We spend all this time talking about the draft draft itself, and we're supposed to be. It's irrelevant. It's not irrelevant. It's just antiquated and not necessary. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But it's not irrelevant because. If it were irrelevant, they wouldn't bother doing it. It's theoretical. It's unnecessary excitement. and antiquated, and it's theoretical excitement. <laughs> exactly. It, it gets it. It gives the team with instead of just saying, "Okay, the team with the lowest win percentage, you get number one." Uh, okay. It gives the teams in second, third, fourth, fifth. And, yes, some years two and three are still really good players. In some years, number five doesn't play any games at all. You know, so the draft lottery has a purpose. It may be not the most exciting thing in the world. It may be easy to fix. Hi, Gary. It's it's only 20 minutes. Like, legitimately, they do it in 20 minutes. So maybe you do it as the fin- at, at the final at the finale of the last game of the regular season. Okay. You have the five general managers or six general managers who are going to have the most balls in the building, and you do it right at center ice. You roll the machine out, and you announce the draft lottery as part of the uh, as part of the end of season ceremonies right there, um, and you call it a day. So, as Larry Brooks calls it, the stigmatized seven. 
because there will be seven teams that do not get to they're play. They're not stigmatized because they're not playing in the playoffs. <laughs> they're stigmatized because they're awful. They're I'm not disagree with you, and I think it's an interesting phraseology on Larry's part. The stigmatized seven. Uh, I think he's I think he's having fun with alliteration, but that's just me. <laughs> Got to uh, do something to keep yourself busy these days. So he's saying that basically the league should design a weighted lottery in which these seven teams – holy cow. Yeah, the seven teams move up into any slot and they should be guaranteed the top seven picks. So basically that's where he's coming from with the they shouldn't – hopefully the NHL – Okay, if they should be guaranteed the top seven picks, there's no reason to have the draft lottery in the first place. <laughs> But there is because then you have the the eight the, the the eight teams that are going to lose in the first round. Don't care. <laughs> it should be pure Why regular season. Why you bring season. this topic up? <laughs> it, it should be pure regular season uh, record. If you want to if you want to make the draft lottery interesting. Okay. If you want to make the draft lottery interesting, add balls for teams based on performance uh, team metrics in two or three goal in two or three areas like my thing is if you want to make it interesting every single team gets a ball in the bin oh they all have a ball but you can only move up a certain number of spots so you can't move from 31 to one you you don't just take 31 ball you don't take 31 ping pong balls you still you still weight the draft based on lowest win percentage gets the most number of balls but now you've thrown in the Stanley Cup winner, or in this case, the highest win percentage, still has a one in however many ping pong balls there are chance of getting the number one pick. You really want to upset somebody. That's how you do it, because there's that slim chance that the best team in the league could end up with the number one pick. Okay, so here's. Here's how I would change it. If we're going to take like seven teams, the bottom seven teams by by record, mm-hmm. pick six to five to seven stats, uh, save percentage like cumulative save percentage, cumulative goals against, cumulative goals for, um, and like pick two or three other stats. I don't care, um, and give additional balls based on placement. So if you have the best save per- if you have the best save percentage. You get seven. You get eight balls. Um, you have the the worst of those seven save percentage. You only get one ball for that category, and throw balls in that way or something similar oh like that. Oh my goodness! All right, when we don't need a mathematic algorithm here. It's just win. <laughs> just win percentage. If you're the thirty-first team, you get thirty-one. But that that just encourages taking. If you're number one, you get one. That just encourages tanking, with, which the draft lottery is supposed to is supposed to prevent. Right. <laughs> As I previously stated, it's easy to fix. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> if you're going to tell me honestly that Pittsburgh just happened to win that lottery, mm, yeah, okay. Um, but that's another discussion for another time. I, there's just. I don't think there's a way to do it that clearly somebody is going to be offended, and that's not the main reason you want to do something. You're going to upset somebody. 
But if you have a ping pong ball, okay, the number one, uh, you know, the worst team in the league gets so many, you know, win percentage, you get two ping pong balls. But you were fifth best in goals for, so you don't get any ping pong balls. However, the team that was somewhere in the middle was worst in goals in goals scored, so they get two ping pong balls. It, it, wow. Okay. <laughs> it gets. It just gets a little convoluted. It's Which I guess hard. is it's not that hard. I should I should probably do a write up, but I don't have time. Anyways, <laughs> we are slightly over what we normally run, and it's all your fault. You spent it's way too much time never. arguing all, about. You spent too all, much time arguing about what we should discuss and why. It's um, never my fault, first of all. And yes, uh, I did actually move Ryan Kessler up. Actually, five positions uh, when we redrafted the 2013 draft. He was originally taken at 23. I had him go at 18. Um, but I think we're where we are, and that sounds uh, suspiciously like the end. Yeah, and, and oh, just a, a, a quick we will miss you. Um, another... Uh, Retirement, uh, apparently. Alex Hemsky, uh, 36 years old now, uh, started his career ba- his career in the NHL back in 2001, I believe it was, or drafted in 2001. Uh, he's played in 840-some-odd games, 852 games, 500-plus uh, points, or close to 500 points. I don't have all the information in front of me. It was just a quick thing I saw on the news. Um Oh, here it is. Uh, 36, 13th overall pick in the 2001 draft. He retired on officially on Friday, although he did not play at all this season or last season. His last season was 2017-18. Uh, 845 career games, 572 points, and in the playoffs, 21 points in 43 career Denley Cup playoff games. Also a bronze medal with the Czech Republic at the 2006 Winter Olympics. Sounds like a full career. Uh, much luck to whatever you do next, Alish, but uh, you'll be missed. Uh, good luck to you, and ladies and gentlemen, good luck, good health uh, to all of you. Thank you for listening again. Um, please share the show with all of your friends, family members, and whatever. Uh, they will need it for that long commute from the uh, from their bedroom to possibly across their bedroom or maybe all the way to the kitchen uh, if they're working from home. Wash your um, hands first. And uh, <laughs> do try and rotate the spots that you sit on your couch uh, just so that the, uh, the wear is a little bit more even. <laughs> Once again, have a great week. Uh, like thank you for listening. <laughs> and uh, maybe we'll argue more about the draft lottery because Chris isn't convinced of the truth yet. <laughs>